you everybody for tuning in to another episode of Stick a Fork in It. We're continuing to check in with all of our helpers and volunteers and partners in the community while practicing social distancing by moving the podcast to a, uh, a Zoom format. Uh, my name is Ev Malcolm. I am the engineer for the show, and I'm here with our hosts, Matt Spence and Shannon Hannon Olivero. And our guest okay. today is Chris from Team Rubicon. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm good, just so everybody can see. Uh, it's subtle. But uh, yes, that is who I am. Uh, I am not Nicole Oswald. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> a lot of people walk up and ask you what your name is, and you just have to like shake your head. <laughs> uh, everything's great here. Uh, in fact, we're right in the middle of an operation, and uh, my team's out there making it happen. Very cool. Yeah. So, so Chris, and last name Brewer, we didn't get that in, Chris Brewer. So, Chris, tell us how long you and I got to talk in the public's community market, which I think is Really, when you're at Feeding Tampa Bay, you're there quite often. Uh, that's kind about of about half the club. time. Yeah, yes. With our taskmaster um, Nicole, or uh, or Ron, who's one of the great uh, folks that came up through the training program. Uh, yes, Fresh Force graduate. We yep. we are so thrilled. We've got a lot of those, which we'll let Matt talk about. We have quite a few of those in the field, and that'd be a great topic um, today. And we'll talk about him a little bit more. But first, we want to start with you. Um, so you um, have been in the Tampa Bay area for a while. We talked about that briefly. So tell us a little bit about you, about your history here in the area, um, and really your family. We want to get to know you. So tell us a bit. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, well, I, I would say I'm as, almost as close to a Tampa Bay native as you can be. Uh, we came here when I was uh, five, six years old and uh, have been here from first grade through uh, first year of college. Uh, I grew up in Clearwater. Uh, my mom and stepdad are still in the same house since 1968 uh, over in Clearwater. And, uh, and that and uh, my girlfriend who works for Shriners Children's Hospital is why I moved back about seven months ago uh, from Denver, Colorado. I uh, went to Denning High School. I know that was, uh, weren't quite one of your rivals uh, there, but uh, uh, it, it's been a great area to, to come back to. And then this opportunity to help uh, in this uh, crazy time we're living in, uh, through feeding Tampa Bay has just been a real blessing. So from a nonprofit standpoint, I know you're with Team Rubicon and we're definitely going to dive into that because that's how we met you, but you've had a heart for philanthropy. Mm -hmm. So with Team Rubicon, um, it's military based, most everyone that has um, any interaction with it. But for you personally, um, again, you have a heart for nonprofit. Why is that? I, I would say, I, I think my the way that I got into nonprofit is uh, is that the military, a 20 year Air Force veteran, uh, uh, instilled this uh, principle of servant leadership and that uh, things like duty on our country and doing what's right and giving back to your community uh, is, is, is just what we should do. And uh, I've been very fortunate, or I guess it wouldn't be say fortunate, I got cancer halfway through uh, my military career. Uh, testicular cancer, and happened to meet uh, a young man named Lance Armstrong, who had been diagnosed two weeks before I was, and we became friends, and he told me about this little charity he was starting called Livestrong. Back then, it was the Lance Armstrong Foundation, mm -hmm. and so that started my evolution with advocacy, fundraising, project management, things of that nature, and now has really become a, a calling and a passion. And I've been doing it now for 23 years. So uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, I remember when Live Strong launched. They were the first ones to do the bracelets. That's um, that right kind of trickled down yes. into so many. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had a loose strong bracelet, I tell you. I think if we all dig deep enough in our drawers, we could probably find one. I, I know I have. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting because back then, so what happened, Nike had donated the first five million uh, in celebration of Lance's uh, then fifth Tour de France. And we literally were thinking, well, we could get rid of 500,000 of them. We were searching for warehouse space to store 4.5 million wristbands without them kind of like knowing about it, you know, kind of thing. And then it exploded. And I think the last count I heard was 87 million. Wow. You know, wow. Still, you know, still around. So, it, it is. It really is. And it was uh, an incredible But again, thing. the important thing there was this organization was all about how do we help people with cancer right now and solving practical needs. Uh, and I think that's directly relevant to the work that you guys are doing with Feeding Tampa Bay. You're not out, you know, maybe you do have an advocacy folks that I haven't met yet, but I am seeing people, uh, Team Rubicon and says you have to GSD, and I'll let you figure out what the S is. You have to get stuff done. Uh, and, uh, and that's what happens here at this warehouse every single day. It does. I, I appreciate your recognition of that because especially right now, you know, we are getting a lot of S done uh, on a daily basis. <laughs> and, and you guys have played a, an incredibly crucial role in making that happen. So can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up here in the warehouse with us? Absolutely. So so let's, should we start with a little history of Team Rubicon? Would that yeah, be a, I'd love right. to hear it. Yeah, so 2010, uh, a couple of Marines uh, after the, the devastating earthquake in Haiti, uh, figured out that there was a need to get in and, and and provide aid in some places that weren't being reached by other organizations and kind of put together this uh, uh, small but elite team of uh, medical and engineering types and, and general military, because we have very unique skill sets in the ways that we think about organization and structure and, and, and being able to accomplish things that other people aren't able to do and went into Haiti and provided great relief uh, during that, that time. And they realized there's, there's a niche for this. And since then have gone on there. I believe that, I think the last time I heard, I think there's 110,000 volunteers for Team Rubicon. And we do normally more uh, hurricane relief, post tornado, uh, flooding, things of that nature. We can be out cutting down trees. We can be out mucking out uh, houses that have been flooded, things of that nature. Um, but they've come up with this really cool concept called neighbor helping neighbor. And that basically allows people who are part of Team Rubicon, and they're about 85, 90% veterans. And then we have on ours, we have uh, some folks that uh, are, uh, they're married to military people. Uh, we have one who's a college student who's very interested in being in the military. Uh, so, you know, it kind of comes from a little diverse walk of life. Um, we got called out uh, through this Neighbors and Helping Neighbors program initially to say that, hey, we have logistics experience. We do know how warehousing operations go down and saw the need with Feeding Tampa Bay and others. I, I was told just a little while ago, we are the, the largest um, uh, food bank operation in the state of Florida right now that Team Rubicon is supporting. And, and we're super proud to do that. And, you know, we're easily processing five tons of food a day with these six, eight, 10 people that we have here. And, and it's such a feeling of exhausted satisfaction <laughs> at the end of each day as, as we drive home. 
Yeah, Chris, we uh, definitely want to acknowledge that we can't do mm -hmm. what we've been able to do for the community over the last month without the work of your team. You know, we're probably going to blow through 10 million pounds of food in April. And the only way we can get that out to the community is having extra hands on deck. And, you know, as everything started to kind of fall out, we lost 70% of our volunteers. You know, we went on 40,000 volunteers a year to make our model work. And, you know, due to people losing jobs, due to businesses pulling out of their teams, due, due to people, you know, kind of self-isolating, all the other challenges, um, we, we lost a lot of our volunteer network. But then at the same time, the amount of things that we needed to accomplish grew because not only were we pushing out more food in this month, but also we are changing the way we're distributing it to protect people. So normally when we do a distribution out in the community, we can send pallets of food on our trucks because we unbox it there in the community and we create a shopping experience. We can't do that now. We need to respect social distancing. We need to create safety for those who need food. And so we're doing a lot more boxing in house. I know I don't need to tell you that because you're the hands making that happen. Right. But you know, I think it's important to mention that the amount of hands-on work within our warehouse has grown and it's only been able to grow because of you, because of your team, because of other folks who have stepped up and said, we want to lend a hand. And I think it's an appropriate time to bring up that uh, we go to great length to be as safe uh, as, as the CDC guidelines and mm -hmm. Team Rubicon does to talk about that you must exactly I, I have <laughs> my, my normal one would be here like this yes nice. so uh and um and so it's really important that we you know we maintain that six foot distance as much as possible uh we wear masks the entire time we're here standard procedure to wear gloves and wash your hands when handling food um and and we really were uh happy to see that that all the other volunteers, because that's one of the risks of here is we don't know where these other volunteers are coming from and who they've been exposed to. So following the correct safety guidelines is really, really important. I was uh, I was actually at the mega distribution that happened last um, Saturday at HCC, and huh? we actually we met out there <laughs> for the first time. I'll and, be there uh, tomorrow morning. So uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, and that's an example of kind of how our, our pantry distribution has changed. So I mean, um, can you tell us a little bit about what, what you saw out there while you were helping out the, uh, the the mass distribution that we did? Yes, the the mega pantry was uh, was an incredible experience. Uh, for me, I wanted to be on the pointy end of the spear, as we like to say, to see what was the reaction to the public for all of the things that we have spent uh, time boxing up and, and things of that nature, and. I, a couple of things, and I had the great opportunity to talk to your executive director, Thomas, about it, was one, the appreciation of the people that, that are coming in uh, to, and, and it's literally from all walks of life. Uh, uh, Thomas said to me, you know, he's like, you know, here's a 1972 Volkswagen over here, and here's a brand new Cadillac coming in over here, and everything in between, because there were people three weeks ago, four weeks ago, had a good job, everything was great, and they've had the rug pulled out from them completely. And uh, and that the the other thing was how respectful and appreciative the staff was to the people that they serve. 
everybody was welcome. Uh, when we found people were finding ways to get in after we thought we had closed, uh, <laughs> we, we stayed there and, and, and served those people. And, and that servant leadership mindset is, is so perfect, uh, not only for me personally, but it's kind of how Team Rubicon does. Is It's you get in and you fill a need, you make it happen. And without regard to, was this person wealthy? Were they poor? Were they black? Were they white? Were they man? Were they, it doesn't matter. Just if you have something you can serve, do it, make it happen, and and do the best you can. Yeah, absolutely. We we love that when volunteers meet us and feel that connection and, and have that same approach to service, it's just so nice to see a group like yours where our aims are really the same. We want to help people get back on their feet. You know, nobody wants to be in that line asking for food. Nobody wants to be in any of the disasters you respond to. And so it's really important to have that sensitivity and have that level of uh, care and dignity in the, in the experience in the moment because it's a really uncomfortable place for most people to be. And for, for your team to recognize that immediately and for you to see it and, and really be able to articulate it like that is awesome because it's the core of who we are. Right. And I would say something else that our team noticed when we first came in here and we were learning to sort goods on the on the warehouse floor in the 11 different categories and all that, which we now can do in our sleep, um, is that the quality of the food, the produce that, that Feeding Tampa Bay is able to provide to the community uh, is so well done. And that, that, again, it's treating people with dignity. It's not like, hey, everybody, here, take this food that nobody else wanted and really couldn't use. This is food that people can actually use, uh, that they're used to seeing on, on their pantries and in their, in their in the food stores. And it says a lot about the, uh, the, the relationships that you have with both the local farming community, but also the great grocery chains and things like that that are supplying you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's really important to us. Two things I think to, to add to that. One is that we won't put food on somebody else's table that we wouldn't put on our own. Um, and two, uh, I think that the public common perception of what a food bank has to offer is boxes and cans. And that has not been the case for a long time and is nowhere near true. It's so much fresh produce in the outer ring of the grocery store and the things that people are really seeking. We are out there making sure that, that the folks that we serve have access to it. Well, and in their hour of need, they, they need more than ever to be treated with dignity and respect. You know, they're craving it, they need it. Um, that friendly face uh, last Saturday and now until May 16th, every Saturday on both sides of the bay from nine until noon, uh, Tampa Bay can count on us and the friendly faces to meet them um, and, and provide them with groceries that uh, will be served on anyone's table and, and to be greeted with a smile with understanding is really the gift is, I think that is, is important is the food that we're giving them um, because so many are seeing themselves in a place they never imagined. And it, yeah. again, that's an, as important as the food we're giving uh, is that dignity and respect. Yeah. To echo Chris's point earlier, I was out at the mass distribution of Tropicana Field on Saturday and uh, we actually had a get back coach, you know, somebody who was grabbing people from behind and making sure they were doing social distancing. <laughs> uh, it's, so, it's so hard to do that because we're so used to you know, I think many of us are um, huggers and we're compassionate and we want to comfort people. So um, 
I we need that. <laughs> we need to get that coach. <laughs> I, I struggle with that as well, trying to reach out and comfort people. But um, it's important that we uh, stay within these guidelines and keep people safe. And uh, so we can uh, get back to those days where we can be that way. Yeah, and as important as it is for volunteers to hear that for someone who might be interested in coming in, but a little tentative about whether or not they'd be safe. It's also really important for those receiving food to understand that we're taking every possible precaution yes. that we're respecting them and that we make sure, you know, we have more Clorox wipes and, uh, you know, Lysol spray and uh, mask gloves that I've ever seen anywhere. Yes. And, we don't, and we don't like toilet paper either. We're good on that as well. No, we're pretty good on that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we've got it covered. Come visit us at the warehouse. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was actually wondering, Chris, you know, um, this, uh, as a lot of times for Feeding Tampa Bay is, is considered, you know, food banks are considered a kind of first responder when crises happen that kind of displace people and, and you know, knock them off their usual routine. And this one obviously has been a very different situation than things like hurricanes and stuff. And I was wondering, you know, as part of a, a disaster response team, how has this been different for Team Rubicon in terms of like planning and execution than, than your standard fare? This we were uh, we just had our two division uh, uh, representatives came in and uh, brought lunch for the team here as kind of a thank you for this week's work, and uh, and that was one of the things that they actually noted was how unique this is, but that they view that this will probably be going forward will start to be rolled up. It's it's a new area that well first off nobody expected a pandemic. Um, but that the, this idea of neighbors helping neighbors and because, like I said, we're about 90 percentish veterans. The number one thing I always hear from veterans after we get out is they want to do things with a sense of purpose. You know, you don't want to just go work somewhere and make a buck. You, you, you know, you every day were had a mission that you felt strongly about and contributed to. And so when you get out, finding something else that will fill that need, uh, which is really, really important to both the mental or emotional health. Uh, I, I've said myself, the scariest thing I ever did in the military was become a civilian. Um, <laughs> um, I, I went through a company where we had some layoffs and I was like, layoffs, well, what are those? You know? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so having this sense of purpose again is really important. And so finding ways that Team Rubicon can not just, and it's not just, not just respond to a hurricane or tornado or something like that, but they can get involved within their communities and work come to help out the food bank or, you know, whatever other meaningful projects. And I think it would not be uncommon to see more and more Team Rubicon people deploying in their local community in groups of two, three, four, five, and helping make a difference. Uh, it's been a real honor. We've heard, you know, some of the other volunteers and staff say to us that like one team Rubicon person is like four or five <laughs> other folks. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so, you know, we are able to make a, a big impact with a small group of people. Uh, uh, and then when you look at the leadership, I mean, on the floor right now, right here, uh, I have a Navy captain out there working. I have an executive with Walt Disney World going. Uh, I have an EMT. Uh, I have a firefighter and a police officer going out there. I mean, these people are with amazing skill sets that can then 
if they see a bottleneck happening in the packaging that I'm going to jump into as soon as I get out of here, uh, they immediately will jump in, get it fixed, and then get back to work. And it's those skill sets that the military has provided us that are so valuable in many other different ways of, uh, of getting things done. Yeah, and I would say it's not just anecdotal that you do the work of four or five. That's statistically proven over the last week or two. <laughs> we look at the amount of production that comes from your group. I'm not kidding. It's four times the amount of a normal volunteer shift. Yeah. And so it is incredible how uh, you guys are able to really hit the ground running here because you've made such a huge difference for us. And I think you hit the nail on the head about purpose. You know, one of the things that I know you've seen over your time here, but uh, anybody who meets anybody who's worked at Feeding Tampa Bay will understand we are a quirky bunch <laughs> with a lot of differences. And I really, the only thing that binds us is that common sense of purpose and that belief that we're making a difference in our community. You know, Thomas likes to say we have everything from GEDs to PhDs mm -hmm. and everything from people with a record to people with released records. Um, and all that's true, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and uh, you could not find a hundred more different people if you strategically picked them. <laughs> but yet we're all here bonded by that common purpose. And once you're here, you're family, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I tell our workforce development crew when they come in to learn the skill sets that we train them in is that you're, you're here in the warehouse. This is day one. You're now part of the family and that won't ever change. And we feel the same about team Rubicon. Like you guys are our family now. I really appreciate that. And I think the other thing that's binding to us is uh, unless you're totally working on the strategy side of things, people who are tactical and operational love at the end of the day to go, I had this pile of stuff over here and now this pile of stuff is over here and I can go, I did that. I have a sense of purpose. And then it's so great for us to to, to whether you watch it on the news or, or go out and work at a mega pantry or something to see those results in action, you know, to see the people that are appreciative and things of that nature. It, was, it makes, it makes a really big difference. Yeah. I would, I would even add to that, that the folks on our team who are strategic still plug into the tactical on a regular mm -hmm. basis because it's important for us to see it and feel it. This morning I was carrying meals around over at the senior center because that's the kind of thing that connects us to our purpose. It's the kind of thing, you know, you'll see Thomas, you'll see the rest of us on the leadership team going out regularly. And in fact, it's, it's one of the things that we make sure everybody on the team does. You go over and serve a meal at Trinity, you go over and you do a distribution out in the community, you know, make sure that you're getting your hands dirty, getting back face to face with the folks that we serve and remind us of the impact because that allows us to step back then and think strategically. So it's a it's a both and thing here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and it was I think really important. Uh, well, to show how important to have the mayor come out last Saturday morning, and she sure got her hands dirty out there with us, and and, uh, and was all about it. But I mean that that you know that acknowledgement of how important this mission is. I, I'm sure she had other things she could have been doing. Uh, you know, at this time. And she didn't just come in and fly by, do a TV thing. She hung out, got in there. And, and I have to say, Thomas, there was no job he wouldn't do. I mean, it's uh, he's all about getting out there and making things happen. And so for us, that's the kind of people we want to work with. Yeah. You know, we, we did a quick interview with, uh, with Mayor Castor. And um, one of the things that she mentioned, Thomas asked her, you know, 
how is her office kind of responding to this? Like, how are they, you know, a lot of things are happening all at once. And she said that, um, you know, she served 31 years in law enforcement and that, you know, she said one of the things that you learn is that no two situations have the same answer. And so, you know, she's like you were saying, you know, a lot of your people come from that kind of discipline trained background. And I think that, you know, for her, she felt like it was very much the same, like she was kind of responding to it in real time and just using her experience from, you know, lots of surprises in service mm -hmm. to kind of yeah. make plans and respond. And that's where, you know, when we, we get all this advanced training in the military and then Team Rubicon takes it even further. Uh, and it would it, it's a nice shameless plug to say anybody can be a part of Team Rubicon. So if you go to the website and you're interested in volunteering with us, you don't have to have a military background. You don't have to have been an EMT or things like that. There are all kinds of skill set areas that are needed from logistics to administration to worker bees like we're doing here. And they will give you the training and the opportunities for free to learn how to do all this stuff. So it's a, it's a great way that people can give back. And as we're seeing right now, you don't have to travel to Haiti to do that. You can do it right here in your own backyard. So is there a formal process to earn your gray shirt with the sweet Sharpie on it? Well, it's, 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 I'm so glad you picked those words, Matt, because we just uh, we just awarded uh, to Tony and Michael, uh, who are just their first op, uh, their gray shirts. And, and Rusty, who uh, the division chief, wanted to make sure it was pointed out that you don't we don't give T-shirts for Team Rubicon. You earn T-shirts for Team Rubicon. And so... Uh, this is my first one that I have, and it was it was I was very proud to get it because I knew the work that we had done uh, to get there, and so you know that that idea of uh, you kind of have to earn your keep a little bit. You know, I'm good with that. I think it's a good thing to to have happen. I, and as an event guy, I know that, you know it's your volunteer. Here's your T-shirt. You know, kind of thing. Uh, you know, and and not that that isn't important. But uh, but in this case, you're kind of earning your place on the team. So, yeah, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. <laughs> so we've thrown you into a lot of different circumstances in your time here with us. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, because I brought uh, uh, my, my girlfriend works for Shriners Children's Hospital. And, and since she had nothing to do on Saturday, <laughs> I made her come out here. And we were greeted by six of the largest bags of potatoes I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and she's like, hey, on my day off, we're going to sit in the warehouse and, and load up five pound bags of potatoes. That's what we did until we got to the last one. And uh, Chris, yeah. that's love. <laughs> the first half of that process isn't so bad, but once you get down near the bottom, uh -huh. under a thousand yeah. other potatoes for a while, it's a little nice there. <laughs> yes, we, we have been put in, uh, in, a, in a number of interesting uh, situations. And, uh, and you know, they're, they're, but again, we know all of it means something. So if, if you're the tie the bag person at the end of the line for the dry goods that are going to be out there at the mega pantry, someone's got to do that. I mean, it's not, you know, or I, yesterday for an hour, I was the hand out the baked beans guy. You know, I mean, that's the. <laughs> People always remember that when they see you, like, that's the baked beans guy. He's the guy right. that got that's me right. beans. Just, that's just what I wanted to be known as. Yes, <laughs> well, it says on the back of his shirt. Exactly. <laughs> or when they're sitting at their table and enjoying it with their family. That's what you got to think about. That's yeah. the sweet part. 
part right there. You want to be the big Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if, of all the random jobs we've given you, is there a particular one that you enjoy or are you? Uh, well, I'm tomorrow, uh, Nicole has told me I will get to reprise my role as a uh, traffic director uh, out there. And uh, uh, I've become a little well known for the playlists that I have uh, on, uh, on my speaker, uh, on my phone. And uh, we'll have about six hours of funk music at the front of the, uh, at the line there tomorrow for everybody to, uh, to enjoy like their time. So, uh, but, uh, but here's the thing about that. I mean, to sit there and see that line of cars coming in and to be, there's great volunteers along the way, but they can see the food and they're going to get it. And I get to see the look on their faces. Uh, uh, most are just unbelievably appreciative and give you a thumbs up or say, thank you very much. Things of that, that nature. Uh, you know, some people won't make eye contact because they can't believe the situation they're in. Uh, and, uh, still the volunteers and the staff greet them with that respect. And uh, I remember Nicole just smiling at everyone and saying, we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Come on out, we're here for you. I mean, it's that, you know, who says that right now? I mean, that's really impressive. Well, Team Rubicon says that. Team <laughs> <laughs> FTB, we all say that. That's our yes. job, to be out yep. there and do that and be, that, be there for those people. So that's what we do. I would say we also like using the pallet jacks and things like that. We like we like toys and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's listening to this that uh, isn't super familiar with our world, do you have thoughts that you'd want to share with them about what they might experience or, or anything to say? Uh, certainly, I would say, uh, and let's look at it from the, the, the two sides. Um, there's no shame in getting help from feeding Tampa Bay or any food bank of that nature. We are living in very, very different times right now. Um, um, my oldest son is a chef in a movie theater. You can imagine how that's going for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, you know, they, so I know that these are tough times for many, many, many people. Uh, so there is no shame and there is no lack of wanting to serve here at Feeding Tampa Bay. Uh, and Feeding Tampa Bay is an essential service. So if you have time right now, and I bet a lot of people watching this right now do have a little time on their hands, uh, volunteering here through the Feeding Tampa Bay website is still very, very possible to do. Uh, I'll let you guys maybe talk a little bit more about you know, the best ways of doing that. But you can serve others right now. And uh, I had a friend last night, uh, she came in for the afternoon shift because she saw some of my social media stuff. And she left with such a big smile and I said, Hey, you know, we just did 5,000 meals while you were here. And she's like, what, <laughs> you know, you know, it's, and, uh, and so you have an opportunity to give back, get out of the house for a little bit. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Uh, and, it is, and it is as safe and, and, uh, and, and protected an environment following all the CDC guidelines as it can be. So if you're, if you don't have those underlying conditions, if you don't have those symptoms, you know, you don't have a physical limitation. I would highly recommend coming out and volunteering, and maybe you get to hang out with some cool team Rubicon people. <laughs> Love it. Get to meet Chris. Right. <laughs> I'm definitely here all next week again. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. There you go. So all you have to know, what, what is the best way? Is it just through the feedingtampabay.org website? Yes, yeah, yeah. feedingtampabay.org, and at the top, it's the easy to navigate. 
you hit volunteer, or if you decide if you want to stay home and you want to help us out and you can help us out a little bit, donate. We could use your help with that as well. Or if you need us, there's a find food button. You push find food and you can, there's different programs and there's different locations. You can even go down to the bottom, put in your zip code and you can find one of our partners nearest you so you can get food from our partners as well. So it's very easy to navigate. Um, and we encourage people to go to feedingtampabay.org regularly. Our team updates it nearly daily. Um, that and we're on all the social media platforms so you can check those as well. Um, it's kind of our team's job to keep you updated and communicated with. Um, Ev down there, he's part of uh, that team. So all the visuals that you see, he and Vanessa um, get those stories out there, that content and those photographs. So we keep you up to date. So feedingtampabay.org, volunteer, give, and that is exactly where you can find food and how you can get to all of the pantries and um, programs that we have. Yeah, and on the volunteer side, there are a couple of different opportunities. Not only can you help out here in, a, in the warehouse with a variety of tasks, like you mentioned with the mega pantry, we're actually doing 100 pantries a week now out across our 10 county area. So we are in desperate need of people to come out and help to hand out food into those car lines. Um, and, and like we said earlier, it's a, it's a safe, dignified experience. And there's probably one pretty close to you. Um, and then we also have Trinity Cafe. I know we're not going to talk about it in this episode as much as we do in others, but you know we are still handing out a hot daily meal in two locations in Tampa every single day. And and there's uh, increased traffic there, and so you know we're making it a, a drive-through or a walk-through where people can still get that hot meal that they've come to depend on and appreciate, and it's chef prepared just like all the rest of our meals. Um, but we still need some volunteers over there as well. So, and if you have any questions, you can email info at tampabay.org. And uh, those go into it. And a lot of us, uh, those are filtered out. I answer a lot of those questions every day. So info at feedingtampabay.org. If you have any questions, if there's any confusions, our team's there to help you out. So come see us. Thank you, Chris. We really appreciate your time and, and all that you're doing for us. Uh, it's an absolute, uh, it's an honor to serve. And, and I just say, I, I got lucky I got to talk to you guys, but I give all the credit to the, I think we've had about 20, 25 of your local Tampa Bay folks here. We do have one guy that drives down from Wikiwachi every day uh, coming in, uh, to, to help. So uh, it's, it's all about the team here and we're honored to serve and couldn't be a better partner than Feeding Tampa Bay. Thanks, Chris. And thanks, Team Rubicon. We'll see you at the food bank. I will. I got to go get my mask. Get to work, man. Back to work. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. All right. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around for another um, installment of What the Food Bank, where we'll kind of give you some behind-the-scenes information about what we do. So um, one of the things I wanted to start with, you know, obviously, Chris from Team Rubicon has spent a lot of time volunteering in the warehouse and at our pantries. And some of you may have done that as well. And obviously, right now, things are a little bit different. So... Um, for anyone who hasn't been to the warehouse or out in the field with us in a few weeks, um, Shannon, can you kind of explain like how those services have changed a bit on the volunteer side? Yeah, well, first of all, we need volunteers. We That's how we get everything done. And we're so appreciative of Chris and he and his team, of course, as you've heard, have done amazing work at the, at the food bank. Um, but all of our volunteers are 
there at feedingtampabay.org. A few things we want you to be healthy and we want to be comfortable and confident. Um, we've brought in um, extra hand washing stations. We have as in the show, as Matt mentioned, we have wipes, we have everything to keep you safe. Um, our team is on top of uh, all the CDC guidelines and we just, we want to keep you safe. We want to get our work done, but it's about you as well. So go to our website, pick the locations, the times, we have mobile pantries, we have all those traditional volunteer experiences, but of course we've woven in the ways to keep everyone safe, including those that we serve. So instead of Trinity Cafe where we're serving someone at the table, we are preparing those meals in advance, putting everything in a bag safely inside of our buildings, and then delivering them to our guests and the exterior and they take them with them. So we're delivering the same type of service in a very safe way. So we wanna see you, we want you to help us out. But again, we are respecting you and those that we serve at all times. So we hope to see you soon, feedingtampabay.org, volunteer, it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're really happy to still have people coming in. You know, we have a lot of our longtime uh, servers. And like Chris said, you know, people are being brought in that maybe haven't been there before and are kind of seeing it for the first time. So, you know, we're always excited to see new faces. And one of the places where you know we do need a lot of volunteers right now is our new mass distributions, the drive through ones that we're doing. Um, so, can, Matt, can you kind of fill us in on what those are and, and when people can find those? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in normal times, we do about 30 distributions a month where we take food out into the community, set up a market style uh, and have people either drive through or walk up and, and receive food. Most of the time we encourage them to walk up because then they get to shop and they get to pick out the food that's meaningful to them. Obviously, we can't really do that in the same way right now. So we've done two things that are a little bit different. One, we've really significantly increased the number of mobile distributions that we're doing. We're well over 100 a, a week now instead of, uh, I'm sorry, 100 a month now uh, instead of around 30 a month. And then we also have totally flipped it around so that they are drive-through. We tend to have, you know, we might have a walk-up lane for a few people who go and we'll have social distancing there for those, but we're really encouraging people to drive through because then we can keep you safe and keep you protected. And so uh, every Saturday for the for the next several weeks through mid-May of 2020, uh, because this material is just so good, we know it's going to be listened to over and over. <laughs> right, right. We, uh, we will be out at Hillsborough Community College Dale Mabry campus and at Tropicana Field Lot 4. So you won't actually enter in Lot 4, you'll go around the back uh, and enter by Lot 1. Um, and we have a pretty good runway to get, get everybody, you know, get all the cars in and, and keep from holding up traffic. Um, but, you know, we'll, we plan on serving close to 2,000 folks, maybe even more uh, this coming Saturday. Um, you know, the, the need is there and, and we really believe that this is one of the good ways for us to get food out into the community. Uh, HCC Dale Mabry is pretty straightforward. You can get in right off of Dale Mabry uh, and there's an extensive parking lot system you'll wind through to get the food. Uh, it's really good stuff. We have boxes of farm fresh produce from Florida farmers. Um, we have meat, we have bread, we have, uh, you know, a good selection of dry goods as well. We had some, uh, I noticed Fruit Loops last, last I week. I saw this, yeah. There's a great variety of food, uh, and it's exactly what we hope 
uh, you know, our neighbors are looking for. And, and there is no qualification necessary. There is no, uh, you know, registration process other than for, for some of the folks in line, we'll ask some basic information just so we can get a good handle on who it is we're serving and whether or not we're meeting the need. Um, but even that's a really simple and straightforward process. Nobody's denied food. If you're uh, you're willing to come over and ask for, for a box of food, then we're going to hand you one. And, and what's the time frame on those? When should people plan to show up? Uh, nine to noon. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty good window of time, but we were busy for that whole window uh, in both locations last week. And I would recommend you get in there fairly early. I mean, you are going to sit and wait a little bit, but we try to make it as efficient as possible. Yeah. So, you know, anybody listening, if you uh, if you're in need of food or if you are looking to do some good in the community and maybe, you know, get away from the stir crazy household for a little while, you know, this is a great way to do it with some purpose, like Chris was saying earlier. And um, we hope to we hope to see you and we hope that, you know, um, you take advantage of any anything that we can do for you. And uh, we will talk to you again next week in the same place. <laughs> hey, thanks. Ev. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.